0: Today on the show, we learn how far we're willing to go to take on an empire. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes of our favorite universes. I'm Kevin. I'm Connor. And I'm Jaden. All right, guys, when you think of the Rebel
1: Alliance, you think of beautiful figures that inspire you, like Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Admiral Akbar. They all bring up romantic feelings, especially Akbar for Kevin. <laughs> but okay. those people are not the ones we're going to be talking about today. Those people are the good guys. We're going to be talking about the morally questionable guys who make up the backbone of the early rebellion. The ones who have to do the dirty work so that the heroes can blow up the Death Star and save the day.
2: I'm glad we're finally, uh, yeah, shedding light on the shadowy figures that make it all possible, that kind of do the the unglamorous parts of, uh, you know, waging an uprising against a brutal regime. Because... I, I think we all know on some level that uh, a war like that, you know, that's not—it's it's an ugly business. And the mainline Star Wars movies put kind of a a, uh, a handsome face on that ugly business sometimes.
1: Absolutely. Not that not that uh, the subject of our podcast isn't handsome
0: because he is quite
2: oh, quite a looker. Oh, perish the thought. Very very perish good Perish the thought. Yeah, absolutely. Diego Luna. Oh man.
0: Who. I just think that Star Wars itself, like some other types of stories, are very one or zero. It's either very good or very they're very evil. And I think the gray area in between and just the anti-hero is a lot more interesting and a lot more intricate of a story and a character to tell rather than... You know, they're always going to be good. They're always going to be bad. They're always going to have that code that they follow or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot more leeway to have an interesting story with a character like this. Absolutely. And yeah. so,
1: if you guys haven't guessed already, uh, we are talking about Cassian Andor, uh, the title character for the show Andor that is premiering on Disney Plus very, very soon. Uh, we We saw how much fun everybody had doing the Kenobi show and the feedback we got from it was great. So, we decided, hey, why not try it one more time, but with a, a character that not a lot of people know about? So that's what exactly. the the goal of today's episode is to take a look at his story, where he comes from, what may have uh, influenced his thoughts and you know opinions growing up, and finally what our thoughts of what is going to be included in the
0: Andor show. So before we get into it, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. So as per usual. We love to hear from you guys, our listeners. So shoot us an email at podcast at with all your thoughts and episode ideas. We got a lot of feedback on Kenobi and we really enjoyed hearing what everybody had to say. So keep it coming, keep it coming. And of course, our teams are streaming weekly on Twitch. So be sure to follow us on twitch.tv slash lore underscore party. And of course, we are all on the social medias, so you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. All right, now that that's out of the way, we are going to dive right in
1: to talking about Andor, his origins, and where we think he's going to end up at the end of his series. But first, let's break for an ad. Stick around. Okay, now that that's out of the way, now we get to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Cassian Andor. Who is Cassian Andor, though? Oh, that's I a mean, very good question.
2: I, I feel like there's a there's a swath of people, maybe not a huge one, but some people out there who maybe didn't watch one particular Star Wars movie, and so they're completely in the dark about this guy because he hasn't had a whole lot of exposure.
0: The best—it's the best Star Wars movie. I, it's I by agree, far the best.
2: It's it's a
1: big mistake to miss this one. Yeah, I I yes. I am on record as, as giving Disney a lot of guff if I can use that old word uh, with <laughs> with their treatment of the Star Wars license. Um, rented mule is a is a phrase that comes to mind. Uh, but I think that Rogue One they nailed it. They hit it out of the park with this one. Bedtime and
2: Baba Boo. I, by far, yeah. Yeah.
1: all the characters. And the best part is like the characters did the exact opposite of what I thought they were going to do. Like literally, I I saw the cast list and I went oh, wow, eight new characters, huh? That's eight new toys that we're going to buy for the next 20 years. And then (laughs) the movie happened, and I was like, oh, wow, we will never see them again.
0: So spoiler-heavy episode. Spoiler-heavy episode here. Just keep that in mind. If you have not seen Rogue One, I highly recommend you just hit pause, go watch Rogue One, go cry (laughs) for a while, and then come back.
2: Yeah, pause right now, go watch it. Uh you're missing out otherwise.
1: And okay, we're good. Now. They all died. It was horrible.
2: You got a chance. <laughs> you got a chance, listener. It like to to your point, Jaden, there was definitely a curveball. Like that's not the usual Star Wars formula, no. you know? We we're we're used to seeing oh, a new generation of heroes that have plot armor and you know, we're gonna, they're going to be around a while. But with Rogue One is like a very very different way to tell a story with Stormtroopers very disposable characters. Exactly. Stormtroopers like were them. accurate uh explosions and the Death Star and just just uh characters who were disposable. Like they they serve their purpose in that story and their part in it is done. Yeah. Including, unfortunately, our subject today, Cassian Andor. We we see the end of his journey
1: basically Absolutely. in Rogue One. But that's a great way to segue into the beginning of his journey. And exactly. I, I don't think yes. there's any place that you can start Without mentioning, like the one of his most iconic lines from Rogue One, "I've been in this fight since I was six years old." That is cold. That's a cold line. It's a cold line. line. That's a sad line to think I about. It's it. a really it sad is, line. Yeah. And uh, I, looking into his character, um, you know, the timeline of that really didn't add up. So I found out that Cassian, uh, he was born on a planet called Fest. It was a mountainous, cold world out in the outer rim. And this was not a planet that was controlled by the Empire. The Empire didn't exist. Yet. Nor was it a Republic world. It was in fact a planet that had pledged its loyalty to the Confederacy of Independent Systems, better known as the Separatists. That's Mm. awesome. That means that Cassian (laughs) Andor, the fight that he's been in since he was six, has been against two different regimes. The Republic and the Empire. He just hates everybody. He just hates everyone.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot, what a lot of people forget is the outer rim planets that a lot of the fighting in the Clone Wars took place on. Like they, they're so far from Republic control that a lot of them just don't even really align with the Republic at all. No. So, I mean, most of us see the Republic, especially in the Clone Wars uh, era, as those are the good guys. Why would anyone fight yep. them? But, like, where Cassian grew up, they were just these random goons that no one really had any loyalty to. So, they, of course, he would see them as stormtroopers yeah. uh, before they were really stormtroopers. You
1: know, the, the Confederacy of Independent Systems, most of the worlds that were involved in that uh, rebellion, which it, it was, it was a rebellion... Um, mm-hmm. They saw Coruscant as this like bloated, outdated bureaucracy, whereas the, yeah. uh, the corporations that kind of controlled the Confederacy, they were the ones that were bringing the jobs, they were bringing the food, the freedom, and the security in their minds. So they thought, these are the guys that are going to back me up. And the best part is, we don't even have to do any of the fighting because the Confederacy is providing battle droids to do all the fighting for us. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, hey, like, that's a great deal. You don't even have to die. Someone else is going to do the fighting for you, (laughs) and you're going to, like, That's a no-risk rebellion. Unfortunately, some of those worlds uh, didn't actually get out of the way of the Republic's uh, retaliation for the rebellion, and they Mm -hmm. found themselves having to form resistance cells and ad hoc military units.
2: Yeah, just being, like, in this position of you know you're not a trained soldier you're just you you're you're just some kid literally a kid in Cassian's case just living on this backwater planet middle of nowhere uh and yeah you've relied on the confederacy for or the corporation's trade federation banking guild whatever it is for your food your shelter your your way of life for so long and then suddenly uh yeah you're expected to take part in this war like as far as you're concerned again like we touched on this like but as far as you're concerned the republic brought this war to your yep. planet like everything was fine before they came along so and yeah becoming a uh, citizen army like this and like one of the early resistance cells in the galaxy uh that's that's a brutal way to bring the war to a civilian population that's that's never pretty
1: Nope. And that, that's that's
2: going to shape the life of people like, like Cassian for the worse. I yeah,
1: think. even with the the Separatist massive droid manufacturing facilities, we really uh, they didn't have enough forces to cover the entire Outer Rim. So a lot of times the the planets they actually had to defend themselves and. Mm-hmm. You get great, uh, brilliant arcs in the Star Wars, the Clone Wars with uh, Umbara. It's a great example. Mm-hmm. You don't see, uh, you see very few, if any, battle droids throughout the entire arc. I don't even think you see any on the planet. And the Republic forces, they come in and they are only fighting the natives. And it is a brutal, wow. brutal conquest.
0: Now, I want you to remember this, though, too. He, th- we are talking about somebody who is a child soldier. Yes. Yeah. um now i personally say a lot of the jedi sometimes some of those children now they weren't thrown into battle but i think sometimes if they did have to they could be considered child soldiers you know like nonsense I mean, kevin that, it was an
1: internship of... i signed a permission yeah, slip yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a difference um, they're just yeah. space monks um but really like he is a child soldier so think about everything in his mind when he goes through things he says and and everything that he's been through we're gonna go over that but starting at six remember six years old so yeah. this is a bit intense especially for a six-year-old absolutely yeah
2: like being being uh in charge of missions as a literal as a, a barely out of your infancy and you have to like throw rocks and bottles at at clones and their tanks yeah his stuff. his
1: and, first assignments and i say that with air quotes is basically just like go <laughs> yeah. be a nuisance be a shithead kid to these uh yeah. clones
2: <laughs> and it's so it's so messed up to think about the fact that the clones are there to like they you know the clone troopers they they think they're there to liberate these people and they end up being their opponents like you're there to bring this planet back into the Republic, and you end up just mostly killing its natives. Yep. Not even the not even battle Na- droids. Natives like, that didn't
1: even want to be a part of the Republic in the first place. You yeah. Remember, they just want you to like, leave. If, yeah. I've always said this: uh, if the Republic is so good, why is there still slavery in the galaxy?
0: If yeah, they're so exactly. good at
1: providing comfort and security, then something that like that shouldn't be a thing.
0: I agree. Anakin would not have been a child no. slave. Which
1: I, I and I love <laughs> I always love Qui-Gon's take on that, where it's like he's just like, eh, this galaxy's a big place, man. What do you want from us? It's like, what do you mean? It's
2: kinda like <laughs> you'd say he'd probably say, Well, you gotta blame the Huts for that one. This is technically Hut yes. Space. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Always shift always, Shifting you know, passing the buck. Blame. That's how it
0: goes. But Yeah, yeah constantly. Uh, oh well.
1: But to get to get us back on topic, uh when Cassian, you know, he's growing up in this environment and unfortunately sometimes when you're fighting the good fight in your head you don't win you know as we know the separatists lost and uh when they lost there was a a lot of resentment for the native populations of these worlds because most of the fighting was still done by droids and a lot of the smaller worlds they never really suffered a lot of you know personal loss you know a lot when it comes to war you know most of the time you'll know someone who goes off to battle and doesn't come home but they didn't yeah. even have that didn't even happen for them the war happened on another planet and then they got a letter saying hey by the way we lost you yeah. know and yeah so there was a there's this mindset of the people on the planet that was basically like uh we weren't defeated we didn't lose our leadership failed yeah. us yeah and this is the exact you know it's very similar to the attitude that uh german citizens felt at the end of world war 1 because from what they yeah. knew from their propaganda, the war was going great. Until one day, all of a yeah. sudden, it wasn't. And that was the same case here. The Separatists were like, everything's fine. Please just keep sending us raw materials. And then all of a sudden, there was no <laughs> there was no return button when they hit. They're like, hey, hit send. Uh, nothing. <laughs> Where's it going? Yeah. Mustafar. I've never heard of Mustafar. Weird.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah you're just left with you're just left holding holding the bag at the end of the day and it's like we did nothing wrong we just defended our home and suddenly there's this power vacuum suddenly we've been conquered it's like what what did we do to deserve this we we kept up the fight we we weren't technically beaten we just like it's just new administration yeah basically it's just we're changing the signs on the front door uh our old you know our old masters are now uh, dudes in white helmets and uh, Jedi back on course and, and senators and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, nothing really materially changes for us. It's just uh, a matter of window dressing and, and titles. That's really yeah. it. And so they're still suffering.
0: To them, the overlords, if you will, just it just changes. The power vacuum just gets filled continuously and mm-hmm. it just never changes yep. and it's always going to be this oppressive force. So to mm-hmm. them they just they just want to protect their home whether it's their independence or representation whatever they don't want to be controlled by anybody outside of them yes yeah
2: but unfortunately it seems like they they kind of keep getting uh well th- unfortunately the new regime of you know what what takes over after the clone wars uh it it gets even worse from there apparently
1: the new these you know these worlds that have been freshly conquered found themselves being brutally oppressed by the new regime. Uh, we see this in uh, the book Lost Stars. If you've read that, uh, we see it. You know the these worlds are just they're fine. Uh, they lost, and then all of a sudden, uh, the empire walks in and and lays all these new rules down. In an episode of the Bad Batch, we see that all citizens so- are suddenly required to register their identity and turn over all of their money in exchange for imperial credits massive amounts Mm of uh, private land is confiscated in order to build these giant government domes on cities Mm -hmm. every city every planet has a city where they just build this giant monolith to the empire just to remind the people that they are no longer independent that they serve at the pleasure of the empire and if you speak out against that you're gone. They take you away and they shove you into the spice mines of Kessel or some other horrible Imperial (laughs) prison camp.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it really is like, you know, such a harsh awakening for a kid like, like Cassian who grew up, grew up among conflict to begin with. So it's not like he had an easy life to begin with, but I don't think even he could have expected like, Hey, the, uh, Republic that's kind of coming in and uh, bringing war to our doorstep. I'm sorry to say, but it gets even worse from there. Like the, the empire like is a whole nother level. That
1: Republic (laughs) was willing to lie to your face and tell you that they were better. And then that Republic died and they, they dropped the facade. They're like, Nope, you serve all citizens of the empire serve the empire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just, the thought of like the space gulag, you know, like that, for a kid and then for a people, I just keep thinking about how for them, they were fighting against those that got took over. Like it's just the mindset of thinking like, Oh, we think the Republic is bad. They just got defeated by somebody even worse. And, and the thought process of like, Oh my God, maybe we shouldn't have been fighting them. Or maybe we should have tried to not just fight them. Maybe we should talk to them. Maybe like, like, I don't know. I feel like, This was a planet that was taken uh, advantage of by the separatists. Um, Yeah. And they themselves were like a pawn in this whole scheme for the Empire to become the Empire. And I don't know if they know that specifically, but I think that that, if they do, that probably feels even worse to realize, oh my God, our freedom, our our fighting back against what we believe is tyranny was used against us our naivety and and all that stuff was used against not just us but then it was also technically it was was used against the entire rest of the galaxy and that's gotta feel pretty shitty
1: they used tyranny to fight the tyranny that turns out wasn't tyranny it was (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah it's, it's realizing that your independent spirit and your desire for liberty was taken advantage of by by corporations yep. who were using you as meat shields, basically. But it's it also like double whammy. It turns out it would have been useless anyway, yeah. because the republic that came to quote unquote liberate you turned out they just turned into the empire. So it was kind of a lose lose. Uh, and, you know, but I, I guess I guess you could say, luckily, or for one way or the other, Cassian uh you know he's grown up as a child soldier you know he's like as as bad as that upbringing is it at least toughens him, yeah and he doesn't take this situation lying down at at all he uh, keeps fighting back
1: he joins uh resistance cell after resistance cell you know these are this is mm. not the rebellion that we come to know in episode four and five this is a bunch of uh like rebels you know a bunch of like-minded individuals, they all hop on a ship or find an abandoned hollowed-out moon base and they do whatever mm-hmm. little disruptions they can. You know, that, you know yeah, stealing the just... supplies, blowing up ships, uh, helping prisoners escape, whatever whatever they can do to make the Empire think twice about causing unmitigated destruction. And luckily yeah. for him, his, his efforts were noticed. You know, he was recruited by General Draven who is the head of the Alliance Intelligence Network.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, you know, it's, so basically Andor slowly realizes that, hey, there are more people like me out here who believe that the Empire is evil. And th- because of that, I actually think that there's a chance to make a difference. So he signs up to become an intelligence agent, which is not easy in today's world, imagine a world with (laughs) jetpacks and lasers and holograms they got your face
2: a galaxy with millions of planets in it and like a lot of people to connect and you know network with and gather information from uh you got your work cut out for you and also with a galaxy spanning empire you know if you step the wrong direction they they bring the hammer down on you it's it's a life of danger and darkness and terror. Also, there's no dental. <laughs> yeah, that's... <God. laughs>
0: I, I also think as well the fact that now they see what true tyranny is, and so it almost it almost uh, encourages them to fight back even more because they've yeah. already been doing it for so long, and to them they realize that they were not actually fighting the oppressive force mm-hmm. This one is of course like we said earlier it's way worse and they have experience in in this kind of thing and I don't really think that the alliance the those in the alliance we've seen a lot of them they kind of led some cushy lives um and this is the group of people that didn't and this is the group of people that have been fighting the majority of their lives, and they know mm. what it takes to actually be in those trenches, rather than in you know, Coruscant, just kind of like making back-end deals and all this other stuff.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would say that's true yeah. for maybe the leadership of the rebellion, but you know, uh, yeah. to borrow a, uh, a to borrow and paraphrase a quote from an old Legends book, it was like the rebellion was filled with starry-eyed farm boys like Luke Skywalker before the Empire yep. fell. Because that's, yeah. you know, they're not all the rich rich guys, although yep. those can help,
0: looks over at Bail Organa. But this, this <laughs> time I was just frame, about to, yeah. this group of people, I would say these are the beginnings of, of that. Yeah. And these are the people that already maybe have already had that experience. Yep. And so they bring a lot to the table comparatively to the politicians that were kind of starting to do this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think bef- before you can build yourself up into an organized strategic insurgency that actually makes a, you know, high level difference, you have to start with this kind of grassroots, really just individuals making the choice on their own to disobey, to uh not to to not conform to the new system, to uh fight back in the little ways however they can. And that escalates into, yeah, like we kind of talk about this raw gritty down to down to the ground level uh type of rebellion where people are just getting their hands dirty you know like uh i i think there's a great example in in uh rogue one actually uh when we first meet cassian
0: yeah yeah that actually is a really good uh segue he meets one of his contacts and when they're uh cornered instead of a like a valiant last stand you know befitting a hero as like star wars would show Cassian just shoots him in the back in cold blood and just is like, I'm going to avoid capture. No, fuck this. Yep. No way, man. Like it's b- much more down to, uh, I don't want to say earth, but, uh, it, yeah, sure. We're down to Terra, whatever you want to call it down to Coruscant. He's very like, no, none of this bullshit. It's not about heroes. This is not about, this is about survival. I mean, this He is knows about- what happens yeah. to yeah. that guy too. If he gets
1: captured, he's going to get tortured to death.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's
2: kind of like doing them both a yeah. favor. Like I'm going to save you torture, I'm going to save my own life and I, like that this is how it has to go yeah. down and uh yeah, it's like there there are, you know, we mentioned Bail Organa earlier. I think that that's 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 worth repeating is just the sense of there were the leadership types who had the kind of lofty ideals in terms of opposing the empire, the quote unquote right way, you know, I will lead from the Senate and I will gather support and resources and, you know, we'll, we'll do this proper, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, form a proper military, but then, yeah, you, the, on the flip side of that, you have Cassian just like, you know, I'm going to gather the dirt. I'm going to go into the dark seedy yeah. underbelly of the galaxy and I'll do what I have to, to keep, stay alive, fight back however I can yeah. And it's the two sides of the coin. It's not about Uh, blowing up Death Stars sometimes.
1: Sometimes you got to blackmail them off or shoot a senator. (laughs) Right.
0: You got to get some stuff done, man. And that's what I mean earlier about like the senators and the politicians. They're, they're, even even them creating like a rebellion is still feels kind of Star Wars operatic, you know? Like, yeah. uh, Yeah it's there's honor in this and we're going to rag you know gather the politicians and the senators and we're gonna get more information and we're gonna fight back with the law like no fuck that it doesn't work these are the guys that really know what the hell's going on you know
1: yeah well i disagree i do have to say to your point there uh there is a great uh book that came out to accompany rogue one and it listed off some of the the rebellion council and one of them was like the minister for uh education and uh, civil rights and i was like oh that's hm. cute hm. interesting you guys are rebellion you know, or it was like it's like you have a school teacher for the rebellion you don't even have a core world yet and you're already <laughs> takes, thinking about like types. the infrastructure afterwards
2: mm-hmm. yeah thinking ahead <laughs> I I guess by the time we sort of really meet Cassian for the first time, he has been, you know, getting his hands dirty for decades, for most of his life as, as he's been, he's basically seen the rebellion be born from the like we talked about the grassroots of just individual action to small networks that sort of start to slowly coalesce together until you eventually have the fully fledged rebel alliance but i think we start seeing in rogue one when we meet cassian for the first time officially we start seeing that rebellion, the quote-unquote Rebel Alliance, or I guess officially the Alliance to Restore the Republic. They kind of, now that they have an official name and official, like, a charter and, you know, like, leadership and structure and all that, they start to look backwards and look at their origins, and they cringe a little bit like, oh, yeah, we, uh, we had some, some rough years at the beginning there where uh, we crossed some lines and, you know, obviously did what we had to do for the sake of freedom and, you know, liberating the galaxy. But I think we start seeing the Rebel Alliance start to uh disavow some of the actions of the more extreme, I guess, like partisans and, you know, ground level operatives, the cells who really make things happen on the ground. Uh, I, I guess one example would be Saw Guerrera. He's uh he's another character we meet in uh Rogue yep. One. And he, he's, he's also one of those early rebel operators who... Uh...
1: <laughs> he's actually a very interesting foil for Cassian because he was an insurgent yeah. during the Clone Wars, but he fought for the Republic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. against the Separatists on his planet. And He, was, he wasn't as young as Cassian was, but he was, I think, 16, 17 when the Separatists invaded his yeah. home world. So he's,
0: he's on the other side where he, he saw war as well. Look, everybody just needed a common enemy. Yeah. that's all they needed—just a common enemy.
1: Well, and his his path took a much darker uh, direction than even Cassian could have imagined. He was fine with bombing civilian targets, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Moff's families. He didn't care. He was just like, "Yep, if you're if you benefit from the Empire, you must you must uh, learn to to fear the rebellion," and. Yeah. No holds yeah, barred. And the rest of the, the rest of the rebel council was like, mm, well, let's, let's not be as bad as the empire. Okay.
2: Let's tone it, tone down, it a down a notch.
1: <laughs> how about only two thermal detonators in that uh, building over there?
0: We're not going <laughs> to use their examples as what we will do. Let's just look at them as examples of what we shouldn't do. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like it, winning
2: the, is winning matters, but how we win also matters is kind of the line that gets drawn. So, uh, Rebels or partisans or insurgents or what have you, like Saw Gerrera, they typically get labeled basically a little more than terrorists by the rebellion yep. leadership. So you start you start seeing these distinctions. And I I'm hoping the the Andor series shows us a little bit more of those gray areas between the heroic ideals that I think the original trilogy kind of had us growing up with, you know, the the, the hero rebels. And then you have the. Morally ambiguous, uh really just killing whoever they have to, uh, rebels.
0: I mean who, uh... sidestep from this, I also think that's why a lot of people liked Han Solo in the first movie, especially oh, the sure. whole Han Solo shoots first kind of situation, yeah. because it was like this Good guy thing. is supposed to be scum, and you know, that's that's the whole point, is they, you know, I guess you could say he's turned from scum to hero, blah blah blah, whatever. Throw that aside. The origin is that he's a piece of shit, and he's kind of a piece of shit like these guys. He's just, just a goofy himself, piece of yeah. shit,
1: you know? To borrow a uh, a line from Firefly, I love Malcolm Reynolds when he says, because uh, I'm the good guy, and then he stabs someone and he goes, all right, I'm okay.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe I'm just uh, I'm okay. I'm just okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm all right. No, absolutely.
1: <clears throat> and I, I think this is a good point to stop uh we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna roll our last ad and then we're gonna talk about what we expect from the show andor not the man the show all right we're back uh now that we've talked about who cassian is we can talk about where he's gonna end up of course we already know where his story ends but we don't know where the story of the show is going to end
2: that's right yeah we we will We'll hopefully get a better understanding of kind of what he had been up to prior to this, the events of Rogue One. You know, maybe we'll see a bit more of his history. So far, we know of his childhood, I guess, or at least we have hints of it. So we might get some more background on, you know, how he grew up, how he sort of got into uh, the Resistance uh, line of work. Uh <laughs> and you know i'm hoping that through his eyes we'll we'll kind of watch the rebel network sort of start to grow and blossom and become the alliance that it becomes later so you know there's a lot of possibilities in terms of the kinds of stories we'll see the types of people we'll meet throughout his travels uh and just yeah like i'm i'm just glad that one thing that Rogue One did really well was really center the normal people of the galaxy as the heroes, mm-hmm. like the 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 working stiffs and you know the grunts on the ground who really get the job done. Like there, there no no Jedi in Rogue One. Yep. Basically, that's that's the the big departure and the you know the the difference that I think was its strength was really centering the normal people. And I'm hoping I'm optimistic that Andor kind of continues that tradition of. Yeah, let's let's set the Jedi aside. They have plenty of their own stories. Let's talk about just the normal yeah. people struggling to get by.
0: I'm excited to see, you know, because we know that it's going to be, and like you said, Andor's going to be helping the Rebellion to create and establish, like, these all these resistant networks, right? So, like, the path, like, we saw that in Obi-Wan. We're going to start seeing a lot more of that kind of stuff, but a little bit more intense, focusing on, you know, gathering intelligence and... Um, fighting back and on specific planets yep. and what we can do, moving resources. It's going to be much more thorough and fleshed out on how to do it. And I think it's cool that this is the guy to do it because of his background. Yes. I am much more excited to see the darker aspects of this, though. Like, I, I yeah. want to see what it takes and by what means they're going to go... Uh, like, you know, how far are you going to go to really establish this one network to get, gather this intelligence? Do you have to murder all these people? Like, I want to know. I want to see these decisions. <laughs> I want to see those things. I
1: mean, I, off the top all of right. my head, I, I would love to see them do an arc where it's like they know of a moth on a certain planet who controls, say, uh, medical shipments to the Outer Rim. So they So Andor goes and has a meeting with him pretending to be like a diplomat and instead of him like agreeing to sell the stuff outright cuz he's a corrupt politician they then have to go and get blackmail evidence against him that would be really cool where it's like you know you're going to ruin this guy's life are you willing to do that yes i am for the supplies yep that would be that would be yeah. a really interesting scenario at least in my head and i i think it's cool because they've basically confirmed that this show's going to have a bunch of seasons uh and yeah
2: no that's that's exciting. Like multiple seasons, uh multiple opportunities to set up like entire arcs, entire like spy dramas that can yeah. play out over the, the course of a season. That's and I, cool. I, I, I even saw
1: rumors that uh Andor himself might not even be the main character uh at a certain point afterwards because I guess they they've planned out like hmm. the first five seasons or so. I uh I read a variety a variety article that they already have season two is filming in November so they've got like five but apparently they've got like five seasons planned and each one will be like a year leading up to Rogue One but wow. I think they're thinking like maybe the characters that they establish will be able to carry on after the sh- after Rogue One
2: interesting which okay. I okay. mean it'd be kind of like which would be kind of like the Rebels yeah
1: almost. I would say that Rebels or um, uh, Game of Thrones where it's like no nah, Ned Stark's not here anymore <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what facets as well, like, of the rebellion are portrayed here in this time frame. Like, I really want to know which, like like I said, like the politicians, right? Like, I want to see them and then how they interact with his group. Like, I want to see those interactions of creating the rebellion and the conflicts within that. Because that... That, I think, is a lot more interesting because you have to be on the same page if you're going to... Well, yeah, you always... When you're building
1: building something like this, you always have to make sure your message is coherent and sound and you're all speaking in the same voice because if you don't, it peters out.
0: And the other thing, too, is you need to be able to trust people. You need to be able to trust people. So, like, if I don't 100% trust you know, this party and I give them some information because I want them to join. If they don't agree with that, what if they want to take my side out because they think we would be a burden to their, you know, um, f- their, their fight, yeah. you know, so they could, they could leak that information. Then my group could get destroyed because this other group yeah. wants to fight it a different way and I would be in the way, you know?
2: Yeah. And fighting would be. Well, yeah, if we have if we saw infighting between different, like, kind of ideologically opposed uh, rebel cells, that would be amazing. That'd be very That'd be cool. such a cool, unexpected way to tell that story. Because, like, yeah, like we've talked about, or like we've established, the Rebel Alliance is not an army yet, not even close. It's like it's more of a, it's an insurgency. It's like a spy ring, which means it needs a lot of opsec, yeah. operational security. Like, if word gets out about something to the wrong ears you're all screwed, and, like, maybe a cell... That's that's why, you know, you operate in cells. Like, if one group goes down, the other one can take over. Exactly. So it's... It'd be a completely different game we'd be watching Well, and,
1: you, you know, to the credit of the senators who ended up taking over the rebellion as, like, the leadership council, I think they did a hell of a job mm-hmm. better than what Saw Guerrero would have done. Saw Guerrero would have gone out in a blaze of glory. He would have launched as many yeah. ships as he could have at, like, the biggest target he could find... And lost thinking short, yeah. He would have lost all of his men, you know, yeah, attacking the Kuat yeah. shipyards. You know, as like, cool, you blew up like right. one Star Destroyer manufacturing plant, but you got everyone killed.
2: Yeah, we got to keep in mind the timeline here of like, you know, the rebel uh fleet isn't really in a position to pose any kind of threat no. to the empire, even up until even up until episode six, like mm-hmm. when you know, the Battle of Endor, yeah. like. Uh, and and when we see in Rogue One, like the majority of the Rebel fleet, kind of shows up at Scarif. That's a huge gamble. And they right lose. There. They like, lose
1: a lot of it. I mean, there's literally an episode of Rebels yeah. where uh, getting their hands on a dozen Y-wings is like a great victory for the Rebellion. Yeah, like that's huge. how desperate they are. Even like a year before yeah. the Battle of Scarif and Yavin, and that's why there's only there's yeah. only thirty ships at the Battle of Yavin. Because the mm-hmm. rest of them scattered after Scarif, they, the the fleet was uh, thrown to the wind because they were like, "All right, we got the plans. Everyone, jump, run, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, get Go. the hell out of here." Yeah, no, I think the just the desperation of that situation will be interesting to watch, uh, and like like I've said, especially from the eyes of non space wizards (laughs) you know people (laughs) people who aren't like they don't have the main character plot armor necessarily they they are just on the ground they you know they live in the dirt and you know scrape by so no it'll it'll be it'll be a different world for sure
1: maybe we do see some jedi that have been smuggled out by the path you know that's a new that would be leadership or a new uh faction that's been shown that'd be cool like heck we could get like a maybe a, a jedi who's a drunk you know He's like super, cool. yeah. su- or like he's a high on death sticks, and like he's just this bad actor. And he's like, "No, I'm still a Jedi." It's like, "No, man, you're messed up. You are. We're not gonna let you." Yeah, like, like that- oh, that would be a great storyline. They find a Jedi, but he is messed up in the head, and they're like, we can't, rock, really- like "We can't, we can't <laughs> make him the face of the rebellion." Like, like maybe you have a leader who's like, yeah. "We found a Jedi, dude. This is so great." And it's like that Jedi is like the worst, and they're like, "We can't." Guys, we can't.
2: Not him. Nah, he won't inspire <laughs> people. He'll make
1: everyone sad.
2: I don't want to. I don't want to hope too hard. I don't want to get my hopes too high. Too too high over like thinking about. I don't know. Calcast this as a crossover. I'm yeah. um, just putting it out there. Like you've gotten my. Now you've done it. You've you said sweet, the name. <laughs> you've already done it. I know you said
0: you didn't want to do it, but you did well, it. Well, but it's now i I know. I've just cursed myself. This time period is
1: perfect for that because you know you've got it, you've got the bad batch. They Dude, could show up. You know, you've already got Temesu Morrison yeah. already ready. He's like, I'll do, it, yeah. I'll do it, man. I love. He's like, I love Star Wars again. He's down. Uh, we can see he's Ahsoka. Down. We can yeah. see the Ghost Crew, maybe. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of possibilities. You could,
0: yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, you could throw in, you can throw in so much in this time period i know we talked about kenobi like when when jade and i we when when we were in that time frame you can only do so much with a character within a specific time frame when you're very much limited and of course within uh, you know we we know when this guy dies we know about this whole thing so for time wise you can only do so much with the character but also you have all these other things you can branch out with and i think What's cool is that, like you said, he might not be the only character that's a main character. He could leave, and then they could just say, okay, well, we won't call it, you know, his name anymore won't be the show, but we'll do another character, and we'll just branch it off from there. But you could do that, and there's a, there's a lot that could be done. I mean, you, honestly, you could even just do like, hey, this is the Andor division. This is the
1: Andor intelligence yeah, division. Yeah. You know, we named it in honor of the guy who, you know, sacrificed everything to get the Death Star plans off the planet there's no, a lot yeah, you could do a lot my head is spinning <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay, i think i think it's great the, the, this is going to be an interesting series i'm hoping it's a darker tone uh any any final thoughts you guys no. might have
2: no i'm just just looking forward to it uh yeah i'm glad that we i'm glad that we have what we have to go on but i'm also glad that we have so little uh, uh, yeah, I'm glad that it's limited mm-hmm. to some degree. Like you know, it leaves some mystery. Like, oh man, I'm I'm just excited in a world to see where every,
1: every background character has a three-page article on Wikipedia. It's kind of nice to <laughs> to not know something about certain characters yet.
2: I can't wait till the the Cantina band gets their own spin-off show, oh and God. we get to watch like their origin stories. And it's gonna
1: be a <laughs> biopic. You,
0: you joke, but there was an episode of Star Wars Visions that was basically that. <laughs> For me, I'm excited to see the interactions between the two facets. I don't even say two facets. There's just a lot of different classes for people that are involved in the rebellion. And I think that's a really cool thing to see that it brings so many different people from different backgrounds together. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see those that actually, actually do physical fighting interact with those that verbally fight if that makes sense um yeah. i really want to see those interactions and how they kind of create and form and mold this rebellion into the alliance and how all that stuff works um kevin really hates politicians i like smack i look 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 i studied <laughs> this stuff so like i'm so much more in interested in that and you know hey eat the rich like fuck that i love it let's go i just really want to see how it works i want to see how they're gonna go about it um plus i mean i really am excited to watch all of this and then re-watch rogue one and be even more depressed than i was before (laughs) so (laughs) i want more reasons to be depressed guys that's what star wars is it's just depression space
2: depression (laughs)
1: And on that fun note of depression, we're going to wrap it up. Speaking of depression, I'm sad we have to go, but it was great to be here. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.